Let's go to Jennifer now in Auburn, Indiana. Good morning, Jennifer. If God is all-powerful and if he's perfect, why is there still, for salvation to happen, there has to be free will of humans and humans mm-hmm. are still free to hurt each other and have all this suffering and I don't know. I'm just trying to make sense of it all. No, it's a good question. And what you're raising is what's known as the problem of evil. If God exists and he is, in fact, all-powerful and all-loving, then how can evil exist? Because it would seem that because evil exists, that either God is not all-powerful, meaning that he can't stop evil, or he's not all-loving because he won't stop evil, or some would say he doesn't exist at all because evil exists. So this is the age-old problem of evil. And ultimately, the answer ties in with what you alluded to, and that is free will. So evil as such is caused by angelic and human free will choices to choose against God's plan for our happiness. And as you know from experience, I certainly know from experience, whenever you choose something against God's plan for your life, something that he says, you know, do this, you'll be happy. Don't do that you won't be happy. When we choose against God's will, inevitably, we, like throwing a pebble into a pond, we send out ripples. And the ripple effect can harm other people who are entirely innocent. So take a drunk driver who crashes into a bunch of people and and kills them. They were minding their own business. They weren't doing anything wrong. It was that person, the drunk driver's free will choice to do something wrong that caused evil in the lives of these other people and the suffering and pain for the people who survive, etc. So it's, in a way, kind of a, a rather complicated topic if we're going to take all these different factors into account. But in another way, depending on how you look at it, it can also be rather easily summarized. And the summary is this, that because God loves you and he wants you to be happy, and he created you out of love. He didn't need to create you or me. He didn't need to create anything. But the fact that God created human beings and angels is a testimony to his love. He wants to share himself with us. He wants to reveal himself to us and draw us to him so that we can be completely blissfully happy in this life and then forever in the life to come. Are you with me so far, Jennifer? Would you agree with these things I'm saying? Yes. Okay. So because of that, we can say that God has given us free will because without free will, we could not respond to his love with our own love. We would be automatons. We'd be puppets. We'd be algorithms. We'd be robots. We'd be something, but we wouldn't be persons who can freely respond to God's love. Otherwise, we'd be forced Now, here's what happens if that were true. If we didn't have free will, number one, not only could you not really love God, but you couldn't really do anything that would be truly sinful. You couldn't be guilty of anything if you had no free will. If you didn't have free will, you would just do what you were programmed to do. And you couldn't be guilty of anything because you had no choice. So the fact that hell exists and that people go to hell because they choose against God, that would be impossible. The only other possibility would be that God is a cruel tyrant and he hates you and he's sending you to hell, not because you did anything wrong, it was out of your control, but he just doesn't like you, so he's sending you to hell. That's not the God 
who exists, of course. So the recognition that we all have that some things that we do incur guilt automatically recognizes the reality of free will. And this is true on the positive side as well, that if you respond to God's love with your own love, then you are doing something meritorious in his eyes. You are cooperating with his grace. So in the case of God permitting evil, a lot of it has to do with he respects our free will. Now, this is not the only answer. This is not even, you know, the entirety of it. But part of it is that God respects our free will. And even though what we do by way of sin is contrary to what he wants, he tolerates it, he permits it. And yes, it even, he permits it to the extent that it can harm innocent people. It's part of the, what we call the mystery of iniquity, the mystery of sin. And ultimately, as the Bible says, all things work together for the good for those who love God. So even in the midst of evil, cancer and wars and tsunamis and all the various kinds of evil, natural evil and moral evil, even still in all of that, God's providence is working toward the happiness and fulfillment for those who love him. And the free will is central in all of this. I'll pause there. Does that help just a little bit, Jennifer? Yes. It's a good book if you want to read it. It's called Making Sense Out of Suffering by Dr. Peter Kraft. And it's really a whole book about this issue, the problem of evil. And why do we suffer? And why does God allow suffering? All right. Well, I recently read When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And I really liked some of the points that he made, but he basically ended it with, that God is not perfect and that we have to forgive him. And then I went to church yesterday and they were telling us that God is perfect. I just can't make sense of it. Is he perfect or is he not perfect? (laughs) He is perfect. You can be assured of that. Now, Harold Kushner, the man who wrote that book, is Jewish. So he's not approaching this topic from a Catholic or even at a broader level, a, a Christian perspective. So his way of talking about God certainly is a limited God who has flaws. That's not the true God. The true God is the God who is all loving and all good. So I would not take when bad things happen to good people as as a, a source guide. It was very popular when it came out, sold millions of copies from what I understand. But it's just his way of promoting a kind of a philosophical way of looking at the problem of evil. But there's a far better answer than the one that's found in that book. It's called Making Sense Out of Suffering. And that's by Dr. Peter Kreeft, K-R-E-E-F-T. I know it looks like Kreeft, but he pronounces it Kreeft. Like what you just heard? Share it with your family and friends. And thanks for listening.